So this morning, we're going to focus on the topic of worry in our series that's been entitled, Oh My Soul. Worry is something that we're all very, very familiar with. We all worry and have experienced worry, but we want to look at what the Bible tells us about worry, and it's a lot. The Bible tells us a lot about worry, and it's simply this, don't do it. (laughs) It says, do not worry, many, many times. And the reason for that is, as you start to know Jesus and are in a relationship with Jesus, the, the things of this world, the things that we tend to worry about become less and less of a concern because God becomes the person that we can trust completely with our worries. And so to be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus Christ, we worry is not something that is a characteristic of a, of a believer. Yeah? And, and does that mean we don't have worries in our heads? No, that doesn't mean that. Just like emotions, we can't control our worries. But the, the, we don't live in them. We, we don't live from them and we don't live in them. Yeah? So one example of what a worry is like, just so for us to all kind of understand what we're talking about, is, is like these videos that we have in our heads. You know, No one else can see them, but they're like videos in our heads of things that don't go right. Right? They, they're, they're, they haven't happened. They're usually of the future. Maybe it's something that has happened to us that we also have a video of. But they're like these videos of failure. In fact, just to, just to kind of help us understand what these might look like in our, in our minds, I have a video clip for us to, to watch. And it's, I think if you've been a part of um, social media, you've seen some of these fail videos. Do you know what I'm talking about? There are situations where people are trying to do something well, but it goes all wrong, right? So I've got a couple of clips in case you're not very familiar with these, so we'll play these right now. These ones, you know, we, we, can, we can laugh because they have some humor to them. Um, but I'm, I'm sure for the people who this is happening to, it's not funny at all. And in fact, the videos that go in our minds, they're not so funny, are they? Uh, of things that, you know, we have fear of being like this, fear of being embarrassed, failing, being humiliated, being rejected. And worry tries to somehow not make these videos come true. Isn't that kind of what worrying, we think worry is trying to do? Well, we're going to look at why the Bible speaks so much about worries, because this is something, no matter what our age is, we, we try to do. So here's our first point. In fact, if you, if you want to fill in our series Bible quote in your booklets, you can do that. It comes from Psalms 42. 11, why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Worry is not good for our soul. 
You know, we're talking about the soul and what the soul is. The soul is the place of our emotions. It's the place of our thoughts and our ability to make decisions. And when you continue to live in worry, it leads you to hurt and not health, right? And so this is one reason that the Bible is really helpful for us in understanding worry. Here's our first point. Worry comes from a fear of the unknown, okay? It comes, it's a fear, right? And it comes from fear, and that fear is most of the time of the things that we have no idea about, of the unknown. And this is a big one for human beings, to not know what's going to happen. And what's one of the biggest unknowns in life? The future. No human being, I don't care who who you think you are, can tell the future because we have not been created to know the future. God intended it that way. Yeah, we kind of know our past. We have a sometimes even difficult time remembering our past, no less knowing the future. So the biggest unknown that we try to control is what might happen. And so we not only have just one video that's running through our minds, we have not just two, but we can have many, many of these fail videos running through our minds and trying to figure out how we can not make them happen. Whether it has to do about us, our children, our marriage, so on and so forth. And we call these kind, this kind of thinking a what-if thinking, if you know what I mean by what-ifs. So there's a little picture here of anxiety that says a lot of what-ifs, right? Well, what if I'm too weak or too strong? What if I'm too hot or too cold? What if nobody likes me? Well, that's a funny version of it. But for us, more seriously, it's what if I lose my job, right? What if I can't pay for school? What if I fail and make a failing grade, What if nobody likes me? What if, what if, what if, what if, right? These are those videos that we play in our minds. And if you do too much of this, what ends up happening is you stop living in the now and you start living in these videos that have never even happened. One quote I saw says that worrying is like paying a, on a debt that may never come true, right? So it's like paying a loan on a debt that you don't even have and it may not even come due. So the worrying is our faith. Every one of us has the ability to believe. That's our faith. Worrying is a faith that's been kind of misused, if not abused, Because when you start to live in these videos, these fail videos, they become very real to you. Even though they've never happened, they may never happen, right? You start to live as if they're true. That's putting your faith in something that is not true, but will have a very powerful impact on your soul in a negative way. 
It's a future that you have no idea will come true, but you believe it so much by trying to prevent it from happening, it becomes true for you, right? And you'll start to feel those emotions of those fail, fails, of those fear of rejection, feel of fear of failing. You will feel the, the, the reality of that, that which what might happen, and they become a part of your decision-making as well. You react to them. And so this is what the Bible says to us about these unknowns. Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. We weren't meant to live in the future. Okay? We weren't we were meant to live today. And in fact, today has enough trouble in itself without you going into the future and trying to bring more upon today. Okay? So one of the first things the Bible helps us understand is that we cannot go into the future trying to control the future through worry, right? And here's our second point that connects with this. The flesh tries to control this fear of the unknown. Let's break this down a little bit. What is the flesh? Here's a simple definition of the flesh. It is whenever I try to meet my needs, important needs like love, like acceptance, like the need for importance and significance and security, especially worry. Well, a lot of worry is about security. When I try to meet these needs on my own apart from God, that's a very simple definition of the flesh, okay? And so by nature, when you operate from the flesh, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, you, will, you control. The flesh is all about trying to control what it cannot control, Okay, so what are we trying to do when we worry? We are trying to control this fear of the unknown. And here's what the Bible tells us about this in Luke chapter 12, verse 25. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? <laughs> it's, isn't that a silly question? So the, the, the thought here is, by worrying, I can somehow... Make a 24-hour day into 25 hours. Is, can that ever be true? No. And as silly as that is, worrying, trying to control the unknown, is as silly as trying to add one hour to your day and your life, which will never, ever happen. It's an illusion. And you're living in something that is just going to not only waste your time, but really hurt you as a person, okay, in your soul. So the flesh tries to control this kind of fear, and that's what the flesh always tries to do. Another, I think um, I was talking to Michelle the other day about this topic, and she brought up this quote, um, and I, I saw it on the Internet here, and, and it says, Worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do but never gets you anywhere, Right? Gives you something to do, to rock back and forth, but you ain't going anywhere. Wait, excuse me, English teachers. You aren't going anywhere. Yeah. 
So that's a very, very, I think, good picture of what we try to do when we worry. Our mind, people, our mind is a very incredible thing. At the same time, it's a very fragile thing. Do you know the word fragile? It means weak. It's easily, can be easily broken. Even though it's so incredible, it's also very fragile. And the mind is only as strong as where you set your mind. Okay? So, the Bible talks about a parable about two different kinds of builders and two different houses. One is put on a rock, and the other one is built on sand. And when the rains come and the floods and the waters rise and the wind beats on the house, the one on the rock stands. But the one on the sand, what does it do? It goes splat. All right? It crashes. It could be the same exact house. Listen, it could be the 100% duplicate of a house. The same beautiful house in the inside, strong house on the outside. But depending on where you set that house will be its strength. And the same thing with our mind. Our mind, if it's set on that things that are sandy and moving, when difficulty comes, it will not stand. But our mind, when you put it on the rock, which we know in the Bible is Jesus Christ, when it's put on there, it draws the strength. It's as strong as where you, where you put it. And a rock is unmovable. It's unshakable. Okay? That is why the Bible talks so much about where you set your mind. And here it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 6, the first part of it says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death. So whenever you set your mind on trying to control the future on your own, by yourself, you will experience a lack of life in your soul. You will experience death in your emotions. You will experience death in your thought life. And you will experience death and even in your decision-making abilities. Okay? Let me maybe break it down even more for you from a psychological perspective. This feeling of anxiety, this feeling of nervousness, is normal or not normal for every person? It's normal, okay? God put it there. So when we feel nervous or we feel a little bit anxious, it's usually because what we're about to do or what we're thinking of is very important to us, okay? So either the grade that we're trying to get or the test we're about to take or the girl we're about to ask out or the job we're trying to get, all of those things we're about to do, it has value to us and it's important to us. And so you feel it. You feel it. And so to go after that, taking a step towards that, feels like a risk, right? Feels like a risk. 
That is normal. That means that whatever you're thinking of, whatever you're trying to engage in, is really important. And it matters to you. Now, that's all normal. But what's, what becomes really unhelpful for all of us is when we set our minds on that feeling. Okay? There's a difference between setting our minds on that feeling of butterflies and that nervousness versus setting our mind on the thing that is purposeful and what matters. There's two different places a person can set their mind on. When you set your mind on that feeling of nervousness and anxiety, what ends up happening is wherever you set your mind, whatever you focus on becomes bigger. Okay? And it becomes bigger and bigger, and it starts to get closer and closer, and, and it starts to become united with you. Everything you focusing on, everything you focus on, you, 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 you set your mind to, not only becomes bigger, but becomes, starts to become a part of you. Okay? So for those who set their mind on this feeling, they get scared of this feeling. Right? So what do you try to do? Not feel it. You try to run away from this it becomes bigger and we try to run away from it because we get scared of the feeling, but we recognize it's just right, right behind us and we can't get away. And it gets bigger and bigger and we become afraid of the feeling. And you become afraid of the feeling and it becomes so much more. So when it starts off as like a, maybe a level three out of a ten, ten is a fear that is so scary that you can't even imagine it. But when we start to feel the first, initially, it'll become a three, right? It's about a three, level three. But the more you set your mind on the feeling of this worry, of this feeling, it becomes a four, and it becomes a five, and becomes a six, and becomes a seven, and becomes an eight. Do you understand? And when it becomes like that, your body also responds to this. Your body thinks you are in danger. So taking a test... Maybe it started off of as three, but then you focus your mind on the, the feeling of fear, the sandy ground, yeah? And it becomes a four and becomes a five. And as soon your body, once it gets to a six and a seven and an eight, your body thinks you are in danger. And guess what happens to your heart? It goes really fast. And guess what happens to your, your, uh, uh, your breath and your, um, your mouth? It gets really dry. And then you're thinking, oh, I'm, and your mind thinks you're absolutely in danger of your life as if you stepped in front of a bus. Do you understand? When, and you're not. You're not in danger, but your body's now responding in this way. Your mind is responding in this way. And now it's going to go even faster. Do you, do you understand why, where we set our mind draws the strength and the power of wherever we stress at our mind. So those, those are very common experiences for many people. If you've ever experienced that, you're not alone. But that's why the Bible helps us understand these things. That's why it's, it's called death. You don't physically die. In fact, sometimes when somebody does have a a, a stress or an anxiety attack, they feel like they're going to die because they're so much feeling like they're in danger. The f- setting your mind on the flesh is death. It brings death into your soul experiences. 
But in, instead, what we can do and learn to do is set our mind on the purpose, right? And, and don't try to fight that feeling of nervousness. Let it be something that tells you this is important, yeah? And, and, and to help you become aware of the importance of what you're, you're focusing on. People have asked me, like, you know, even recently, you know, if I still get nervous speaking in front of people. And you know what my answer is? Absolutely. Every single time. Why? Because this is really, really important to me. This is really important. I, this sharing God's word is of immense importance to me. Being accurate and allowing God to demonstrate his spirit's power. That's really important to me. So do I get nervous? Absolutely. But if I focus on just that fear and the nervousness, then that becomes what starts to cycle through. But if I set my mind on what we're going to talk here in a little bit, on the spirit, he tells us there's life and there's peace. And so here's our next point here for us. Trusting God is the answer to fear and worry. It's a simple truth, but it is a powerful truth. The Bible will show us that the answer to all of our fears and worries and anxiety is, really good job, is because we're trying to do something that is so big, that is impossible to do, which is control our future, that it starts to crush us, okay? And what we need is somebody else, right, to carry those things to, to, to do that for us. We cannot tell the future, but we can trust in a God who knows the future in all things. And not only does he know the future and everything that's going to happen, he also loves you. He also cares for you. He also wants your best interest. Yeah? And so the, the cure to anxiety and to worries and fears is to trust somebody who not only knows how things are going to go, but who also loves you and will care for you and is out for your best interest. And when you truly trust somebody who, who is like that, guess what happens to your insides? <sighs> well, that's nice. You don't, go, you don't have to go too far to see those relationships because that's why trust is the foundation of all relationships. If you don't have trust, you don't have a relationship to really build on. But when you trust, it brings something very, very valuable and of great importance and, and satisfaction to our heart and lives, which is peace, which is life. And, and so trusting God is the answer to fear and worry. Let's read what the psalmist wrote in chapter 56, verse 3. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. Did you know that you can take any Bible verse 
and turn it into a prayer. Yeah. So let's do that. Whenever you are afraid, you can speak this out as your own prayer. Read this and say this with me. When I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Say it with me. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. It's not difficult, but simply by speaking that, you will start to set your mind on the rock who is our Lord Jesus Christ. And the strength of your house is as strong as where you set your mind. The strength of your mind is as strong as where you set your mind. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. That's the second part of Romans chapter 8, verse 6. Isaiah says it so beautifully in verse, uh, chapter 26, verse 3. You keep him, any person, in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So, whenever, if you know this, and you continue to choose to worry, because I'm telling you, that's a choice. It doesn't mean you start off that way, but you can recognize when you're worrying. And if you continue to choose you are worrying, to worry instead of trusting God, this is a very prideful stance that you are taking. Because you're basically saying all of these things that I am worrying about, that, that all the th- things that might happen in the future that I can prevent from happening, I'm going to handle this myself, God, <laughs> instead of you who is the knower of all things and is the all-sufficient and almighty one. Do you hear that? That's the flesh, actually. And so when we choose to worry instead of trust God, we are taking these things on ourselves and say, I got this, God. <laughs> and you, you, no need, no need to trust in you. Do you hear this? And, and, and it will crush you. It, it will lead to a lack of life in your day-to-day living. And so this is so important for us to understand that trusting God is the only answer for our day-to-day what-ifs that we have in our minds because He cares for us. He's the one who loves us. He knows, and every step He has for us is towards eternal life. It's to bless us, to give us a future. That's His heart towards you and me. So our last point is this, faith is our assurance. Not insurance, assurance, okay? This comes from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. A lot of people have some misconceptions or misunderstandings about faith. That faith is something that we, it's like a blind hope. Okay, I hope, I have faith that something good will happen. That's not assuring at all, okay? Assurance is is real. So faith needs an object. You can't just 
cross your fingers and, and, and just hope for the best. That's not a real assurance. But when you know God and who he is and that he loves you and he cares for you, he knows the future and you don't, but you can completely trust him, there's an assurance thing there of things hoped for. And you know what you need when you get stressed out and when you feel nervous? You need assurance. You need somebody to come along and say, yep, it's going to be okay. I got you. That's assurance. And God gives that to us in the most perfect way. And so that's why it's so vital for us to trust God. So faith is not something blind. It is an assurance of the things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. So, some practical things that we can start to do. 1 Peter 5, 7, this version in the International Standard version of the Bible says it this way. Throw all your worry on Him because He cares for you. Other versions say give or cast, but I like this. Throw. There's this picture that happens. You know, you know what you have to do to throw? You can't just kind of wish for something to be thrown. You kind of have to put your whole body into it. You have to be intentional. You know what I'm talking about? You have to do that. Who has a worry? Does anybody have a worry that you want to give to God? Raise your hand. All right. All right, I'm going to go back over here. I'm going to give you this. That's going to symbolize the worry that's in your mind right now that you want to give to God, okay? You got one? Transfer it to that ball, okay? You willing to give it to God? Well, stand up, and I'm going to be God's representative. I'm not God. I'm just going to be a, a placeholder for God, yeah? And go ahead. If you're ready, throw it over here. Awesome. Got it. It takes a standing, it takes a winding, and it takes a throwing. And it's mine. It's not yours anymore. It's gone. This is what, you want to do it? Okay. How big is your worry? Is your worry a little bit bigger? Is this a little bit bigger? This one? Which one? This one? Okay. All right. So you think about a worry. You got a worry in your mind? Okay, transfer it to that ball. That ball is your worry now. Do you want to give it to God? Do you? Stand up. Throw it to me. All right. Excellent. Wonderful. It's gone. It's gone. And that's what we get to do. Yeah. Parents, if you guys want to do this with your, with your kids, you can. You know, we can throw our worry to God. But it's not just wishing it away. It's not running away from it. It's saying... Got it. Instead of carrying and putting it into your backpack, you can say, all right, God, there you are. Boom. It's yours now. I give it to you. But it requires you to move. It requires you to act. It requires you to put your back into it, if you know what I mean. Yeah? And it becomes his. It becomes his. This is how you begin to set your mind on the spirit. And from there, you will experience his life and his peace. Here's the last thing 
that the Bible tells us of what to do with our worries. Said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. There was another quote I read that it said, um, oh, I didn't write it down, but it's like, Worrying is like praying for things you don't want to happen. <laughs> it's very similar, right? And it's like what I talked about is putting faith in these things. But the Bible tells us don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. If you want to start with how do I get out of worries and anxiety, start with this. Take all of your worries. Pray about them. Talk to God about them. Tell him what you need. And then thank him for everything that he has done. Thank him for all that he has done. Because this will help you remember and know who God is and what he has already done for your life. Because great is his faithfulness. He will never, ever deny that. Because that's who he is. He is faithful God forever. Verse 7 says, then you will experience God's peace. This is his promises, okay? Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. The peace that God gives to you is beyond anything that you can ever understand. If you think you have peace outside of God, that's not peace at all in comparison to what God can give to you. In fact, Jesus says, I give you peace, and this peace is not like the world gives, okay? It's totally different. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So this peace is not just a feeling. It's a guardian. It actually protects your heart. It actually guards your mind. Yeah? It's a peace that starts to safeguard you as you walk in Jesus and Him alone. Because all you have, if you don't have God, all you have with your worries is yourself. Is yourself. And the best, maybe the second best is another person who if you put all your worries on, that they will come through for you. I'm I'm here to tell you it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And so this is why people can experience such uh, a darkness when worry and anxiety take such a, a deep place in their heart and life. But the answer here is God, to trust him because he cares for you. So will you throw all your worries to him, knowing that he cares for you.